What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pestuch. I'm your host. And today, my friend Cody McBroom is back on the show. We're going to talk about all things nutrition, and he's going to drop some stuff on you that I, I have planned to ask him about that he doesn't know about. So it's going to be one of those off the cuff, what he really knows, what he really thinks, no preparation, no, here's the questions in advance. And I'm pumped to get you guys to this show. If you're not already following Cody, we'll tell you again at the end, but Cody, go ahead and tell him what your Instagram handle is. Cause I know you're active on there. Yeah. It's uh, at Cody dot boom, boom. Perfect. That's C O D Y. Yes, sir. I'm excited to be here, brother. I'm excited to have you. For those of you guys who don't know, which is all of you, we just spent 30 minutes fixing our audio, so it should sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cody, I'm going to kick it right off with you. And what I'm going to kick it off with is I have both of my parents currently working with nutrition coaches who, who they found and were comfortable with, and I have my wife working with a nutrition coach who is not the one she was working with for the previous year. Okay. Now, full disclosure, I signed my wife up before I knew you and I signed my parents up, giving them a bunch of different options. And they're like, that one looks like it's the most fitting for us. No so, hard feelings. Dude. The only reason they're not <laughs> with you. Now, my wife started off working with a nutrition coach who was looking at macros and food choices and, you know, food habits and these kinds of things. And a year into it, we were down zero pounds and she was down a lot of confidence because it was, I did everything that they told me to do and I didn't get the results that I wanted. She lost some weight up front and then it was just like, all right, that that's, that's it. So I'm lying when I say zero pounds. She's working with a coach now who hasn't talked to her yet about protein, carbohydrates or fats. It's been about two months and all they're talking about really is the reasons why she's making the decisions to reach for the cookie instead of the broccoli, for example, mm-hmm. where that comes from and what that means and what she can do about it. What are your thoughts on all of what I just told you? My thoughts on that is it's 1 million percent person dependent, right? There's, there's individuals who are very uh, robotic or analytic or militant with their nutrition. They have a, a, a very like tunnel vision scope of where they want to get. It's very body composition focused or it's very performance focused and they will do anything you tell them to. So give them an Excel sheet, give them some macros to hit. They're going to hit it. They're golden, right? There's other people that that's not valuable information. That's not individualized coaching because it doesn't motivate them to make those changes, nor does it make sense. They don't understand the education behind why they need to do that. Um, and they just don't give a shit enough to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually why I like, uh, so we, like everybody on my team has done all the precision nutrition certifications as well as done all the, like the macro focused ones too. And one of the reasons why I like precision nutrition is because they start with habitual, changes, behavior changes, lifestyle changes, like things like that, the intrinsic why of why you're making decisions and the lifestyle stresses that force you to make decisions. Um, and the reality is, I mean, I mean, even for somebody like that who keeps reaching for the same things that technically probably put them in a caloric surplus, that's why they're quote unquote gaining weight, but telling them that isn't going to make them change from grabbing it. Right. And couple things with that. Number one, I was actually just talking about this with somebody today. Self-discipline is limited in our brain. 
Like we literally use glucose in our brain to make decisions. It means it's, we drain energy. It's, it's a task that we have to do. The more you create or practice self-discipline and, uh, take decisions. Like you go through decision fatigue, you get tired. You can't make decisions like that with self-discipline over and over again. And the reason I'm saying that is because number one, get rid of the fucking cookies. Like I see this with people all the time. They're like, I can't stop eating this one thing because it's here and I'm stressed. And it's like, if you don't have the decision to make, you don't waste your self-discipline. And then you're not going to cave in when you need that self-discipline later on. Um, But at the end of the day, like I think whoever she's working with, I mean, obviously the listeners don't know this, but I don't know obviously who who she is working with as a coach, but I think that they're doing the right thing because I think they stopped and they assessed her as a person. So inside of our questionnaires, when somebody starts with us, there's actually some personality type questions that have absolutely nothing to do with nutrition, but it's because I want to see what kind of person you are, because if you come on board and you're that individual who isn't motivated by numbers, isn't analytical, doesn't want to look at a fucking app every day, that's okay. Like, who am I to say that you need to do that? Do, do Granted, you actually have clients who are like, you know what? I want to look at a fucking app every day. <laughs> Nobody says those exact words. <laughs> um, but we have to remember too, like I've done a really good job at positioning our coaching as a certain thing. So people come on board with us. They usually want to track macros. They usually already do track macros. They, are, they usually want to go from being kind of lean to really fucking lean, or they want to go from uh, just starting to get into things to going to a more advanced or specific protocol. Like that's just who we are. That's what we've kind of built ourselves as, but it doesn't mean I don't get those clients that don't want that. And and when I started, and this is a good lesson for the coaches listening, like that's what I wanted my business to be, but I didn't walk into the industry and go, okay, guys, here's all the rules of working with me. You have to do it this way. Like these are the type of clients I work with. This is my niche. I was like, I will work with fucking anybody because I just want to help people. And so I worked with a lot of people that were literally like, dude, I'm not, I'm not touching an app. I'm not tracking my macros. And this is exactly what I do. It's like, okay, let's talk about your, your daily schedule. Let's talk about your stressors. Let's talk about your sleep. Do you have kids? Do you have work? Or like what goes on in your day? What bad decisions do you make? Every time you make a poor food choice, whether it's going through the drive-thru or reaching for a cookie on the top shelf of your pantry, take a note of it. Tell me what happened, when it was, why you did it, what your stress levels were like, what, how was your sleep the, last, the night before? Because now we can kind of determine what's the root cause of this, right? Like, people talk about gut health all the time and probiotics and all this shit. And I'm like, fix the root cause. If you're stressed out and that's causing gut issues, don't take a fucking probiotic, fix the stress, right? Or if you have a food intolerance, stop eating dairy or gluten or soy or whatever that food trigger is for you. Fix the root cause. And I think that's what this comes down to too. But whoever she's working with was smart enough to go a bit deeper than just numbers. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make is like, you have to do that as a nutrition coach. So if, if you're a nutrition client working with a company, whether they're working with you, they're working with IN3, they're working with WAG, wherever they are, mm-hmm. what is the responsibility of the client before they even have any expectations of results? Because I think that I'm asking this question because I think that a lot of people who sign up for nutrition coaching expect that, okay, great. The work is now done for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that that's even remotely true. So what, what is the frame of mind that somebody should be in if they want to get results working with a nutrition coach? I mean, you said it perfectly, man. You have to be willing to physically do the labor. Like, it's just like, if when I came to you guys uh, with my knee problem, 
I wasn't like, okay, guys, fix me and then expect you to come to my house and move my fucking joints for me. I had to do the work. You guys gave me the tools. You guys gave me the blueprint and I just followed the plan. And I think and you spoiler, have to come. Spoiler alert on that one. You tore your MC. What did you tear? Your meniscus? My meniscus, dead? yes. <laughs> Unrelated. And by the way, actually, I don't even know if I've really talked to you about this, but um, when we went and did the surgery, uh, they did a bunch of tests on me, obviously, but my meniscus has been torn for like six years and I had no idea. So when I came to you guys for help, I was, it was already torn. And then obviously like rolling out of bed, it snapped. So had nothing to do with you guys. But, um, but I think like the responsibility on a client is just willingness to do the work. Like you have to step into it knowing that there's no magic fix. There's no magic pill. There's no, there's no blueprint that will do the work for you. It will only guide you down a quality path to get you to a result. So when a client comes on board with us, like the first thing we expect them to do is a full nutritional assessment. So just like you guys had me film a video of my movement, they're tracking their nutrition. I don't care if we're using macros or not. I need to see where you're at right now before we get to the next place. So usually it has some kind of nutritional assessment at the beginning. Um, usually progress pictures, measurements, uh, full intake forms, where it's 30 plus questions of detailed analysis, like a phone interview. So there's got to be willingness to spend time and effort, not just money. And I think that's the big thing. Walking into it, you have to be able to commit time. And and I would even go as far as to say is like, I understand if you don't want to track macros because you can't see yourself doing it for the rest of your life. And I don't think anybody should do it for the rest of their life. But if you're not willing to spend five to 10 minutes a day logging your food, you're not willing to change your body. It's not about macros. It's about the idea that you will put forth an effort of five to 10 minutes a day to work with me to change your body. You want the change, not me. So I think that's the big thing I'm trying to say. And it doesn't mean macros are the only way. It just means that you'll put forward an effort. Well, I think, I think that there's value in knowing up front that I'm not just going to be told, eat this food, lose this weight, because that's not going to last. And that, look, there's going to be a level of emotional discomfort involved in you getting the results. And part of that is you doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked to when we talked to coaches who, who we mentored active life through our immersion course or through our professional path, either way, one of the things that we teach them is when you talk to a client and you tell them that this is what it's going to cost for you to get the help that you want. Usually that's an intimidating conversation because the anticipation is I can't afford that, right? It's too expensive. And yet if you said to the person who you're talking to, what if you needed heart surgery tonight for double the price or you're dead tomorrow, they all find it. Mm -hmm. And that's not to be insensitive to people's financial situations. It's just that the question of how could I afford it is way more emotionally uncomfortable because now you need to do the work of actually figuring it out. You can't just say, it doesn't work for me. I can't afford it and shut your brain down. Yeah, I think... Is the pain, and this is like some Tony Robbins shit that I learned a long time ago, but is the pain of spending money, time and effort, uh, one of my coaches used to always say, you got to invest your your watch in your wallet. Is the pain of doing that worth the pleasure of seeing the result you want to get? Or is the pleasure of staying comfortable where you're at worth the pain of hating what you see in the mirror, not feeling good in the gym? being lazy, having no energy, all those things that you'd say you want to change, you have to look at it that way because there's always going to be sacrifices and success in any endeavor, no matter if we're talking about your body, performance, business, relationships, anything, you have to make sacrifices and that's just one of them. Well, and I think that, I think you touched on a really important point there. And I think that it's, it's the lack of certainty, not the lack of value. And I think that a lot of people who right now are listening to this podcast who were 
not thrilled with the way that they look or not thrilled with the way that they're performing and they know that a nutritional change could make a big difference for them. I think that a lot of them would be happy to call Boom Boom Performance and get themselves the results that they're looking for. It's just that they're not sure those results are going to come from the work that they're going to put in. How do you help somebody get that level of certainty? So this is actually where like, I believe we do, I'm not going to say a better job than anybody, but I believe we do a better job than anybody at educating our clients. And, and the reason I started doing this is because when I first wanted to lose weight years ago, I struck out, right? I tried, struck out, tried, struck out, tried, struck out. And it was because I kept attacking these quick fixes or these new cool things or just anything that was either cheaper or faster to get me my result. And once I finally invested in a coach that made me sign up for longer than a month, all of a sudden I started getting results, but they taught me the process. And then I started reading blogs and started reading books and I changed my degree at school. And all of a sudden this turned into kind of an obsession, but a healthy one. But it was education that allowed me to get the result because I wasn't so focused on the end goal. I was focused on the process. I was engaged in the process. I was learning about the process. And since I was present in the process, I wasn't anxious about what was going to come out of it. I was just focused on doing what, what we do now. And something we do in my company is we really, really focus on that. So there's a lot of communication and there's a lot of learning involved in it. Like not just do this. It's here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's how you're going to do it. And this is how we're going to adjust it. Do you have any questions? Okay, cool. Let's address those. And it takes us longer to update clients every week. It takes us longer to do what we do. It takes us longer to write our nutrition prescriptions, but it's actually individualized and we actually educate our clients because we build that certainty. So even when I get on a phone call at the beginning with a client, the whole thing is me just educating them. So when they get off that call, they're so unbelievably sure about the results they're going to see. That there's no questions. There's no doubt. There's no fear. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned about myself. Um, and it's what I became. This is why I love making content. I'm so into creating contents because I just love the process of educating people. But it's what has allowed us to build our company's clientele and get people such great results is because we're just teaching them this shit. Because the reality is, is at some point, they're going to leave, Right they need to do this shit on their own at some point. So if I don't teach them what we're doing, I'm not being a good educator. And that, that is what really drives what behind uh, what we do and what's behind what we do. So for people listening who don't have that certainty inside their nutrition, be okay with not only investing your time and effort into tracking and working with a coach, so on and so forth, but also investing your time into learning the process behind what you're doing. Ask your coach questions, go deeper, Figure out what, why, how, so that you can replicate it on your own someday. Because I promise anybody listening to it, that's what's going to create belief in yourself that you can do it. And it always creates better adherence in the short term, which makes more consistency in the long term, which we know leads to results. So I was at a brute strength camp back in 2014. I think it was 14. It was either 14 or 15. And uh, my friend Chris Hinshaw was teaching people how to better pace their run so that they could increase their aerobic capacity. And the whole time he's doing this, I'm like, all right, this is, this is interesting. I, I don't, I didn't realize there was this level of depth to it, but cool. One of the best athletes at the camp turns to me and goes, Hey bro. I said, yeah. And he goes, you know what I do if I want to run faster? I said, what? I said, fucking run more. And I, I started laughing because, you know, it's like, okay, well, that probably would work also. And I think that people take the same attitude towards nutrition where it's, hey, bro, 
you know what I want to do if I want to lose weight? What? Fucking eat less? How do you help people get over that? Because at the end of the day, if someone is just looking at their macros, they're looking at numbers in and numbers out. And they essentially can replace you with a computer calculator and get the same numbers. So what makes working with a coach more valuable than pulling up an app? That path is very temporary and that's why because – and there's a lot of – there's companies that have created algorithm-based macro coaching and shit like that and they're not doing too hot and this is why because there's there's a means to an end with that. And usually when people come to me, it's, it's one of two things. Either A, like again, we do really well with content. So a lot of people come to us with this knowledge but a lot of times people come to us after they've already done that. They've either worked with a – eight to 12 week program, they followed a template, they've done an app or they've tried to track calories on their own. They've lost weight in the temporary setting, the acute short phase. And then all of a sudden it stopped and they're like, okay, what do I do? Do I add more cardio? I don't want to do that. Do I cut more calories? I'm already hungry. Like, what do I do? Do I train harder? I can't, I don't have the energy. So it's literally like the stopping point. And so people come to us when they realize that, or they hear me talking about the education behind that. So for the people that are in the scenario that you just mentioned, I educate them on that process. Like, Hey, like you can put yourself in a calorie deficit, go ahead and do that and come back to me when it stops working, because that's where the magic inside of nutrition coaching is. It's in not only the individualization of the macros and the starting plan, but those adjustments along the way and how we avoid those roadblocks of when your weight loss just stops. Usually that involves undulating calories on a weekly or monthly basis. So just bringing them up and down, refeeds, diet breaks, different things like that, um, which are basically just times where we bring you back up to a maintenance level of calories after being in a deficit because when you're in a deficit, it's stress on your body, stress on your hormones, your metabolism, your muscle, everything. Your body can only take so much of that. So if they're just dieting and dieting and dieting, they're going to lose weight, but they're also going to start losing muscle. Their metabolism is going to start adapting. Their hormones are going to start slowing down. That's going to lead to less calories being burned. And then it just kind of dwindles away. And when they get to that point, that's when the education comes into play. That's when I say, hey, like we should have planned a little bit better at the beginning. So it's not just a shotgun approach right to the goal, but it's kind of like, go stop, go stop, go stop. And those stops are diet breaks, maintenance phases, recovery blocks where we're actually monitoring our hormones and our metabolism. Just like people do a deload in a strength block. Like you, you can't just overreach <laughs> all year round, right? You have to build up volume, build up intensity, you deload, you build up again. Dieting is the same thing. You can diet, 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 but you have to deload by taking a diet break or you do it more frequently. And this is where kind of like periodizing your nutrition plan comes into play because this could be a weekly, bi-weekly, every third week, every fourth week. It could be a monthly, uh, quarterly. It really depends on the person, but you have to have some kind of plan in there. And that's where we come in. And I don't know if this is answering the question completely, but that's where we kind of come in and explain to people how to avoid that because just cutting calories doesn't work forever. And even if it works long enough to get you to your goal, you kind of end up in this place where you're like, okay, I'm here now. What do I do? How do I get out of this? You did answer the question. And if I can, if I can add to it as a non-nutrition coach, but as a, as a coach who helps people get out of pain without going to the doctor, missing the gym, there's a level of, Hey Cody, uh, I did exactly what I did last week. And instead of losing two pounds, I gained a pound. Is everything wrong? Like, do I need to start all over again? Do we need to recalculate the macros? Did I not sleep enough? What's the problem? There's a huge value and having somebody on the other end of that line who you trust, who can just turn to you and say, no, nah, this is par for the course. We expected this. We told you this before this all started. Remember? Mm -hmm. Say, like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think like 
it's a good point because we see this all the time and and this is why um like educating somebody on weight fluctuations and stress patterns is so important if you weigh yourself every day and it's like if you have 100 pounds to lose you're going to see a trend constantly going down for a while obviously if you're serious about your plan if you have like I'm like right now I'm actually uh, I'm I just started but I'm getting ready for a photo shoot at the end of August and like my weight that like ping pongs up and down every day every day every day but at the end of four weeks we see weekly averages and it's like slowly slowly inching down and that's what I care about so yesterday I woke up two pounds heavier I was like oh I probably put a shit ton of salt on my potato last night or something who can, like it's not that big of a deal I woke up the next day back to normal okay we're still on plan but freaking out if we really get sciencey about it, freaking out is going to cause stress and anxiety. That's going to raise cortisol more. You're actually going to retain more water and you're going to see more days at a higher weight fluctuation. But it's just like, like you said, having somebody on the other line to calm you down, walk you off that ledge and just be like, this is just part of the plan. It's just part of the process. Just look at the big picture. Look, and this is why we track a lot of things. Cause I can say, Hey, don't worry. Look at this. Look at these trends. You're, you're positively improving in multiple areas. We're on the right track. We don't need to change anything. I think a lot. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Active Life Podcast. I'm going to keep this interruption really brief. If you're finding it difficult to enjoy living an active lifestyle because of aches and pains, you don't want to go back to the physical therapist, you don't want to talk to the chiropractor again, and you're tired of missing your workouts or the active things that make your life fun, we want to help. Head to ActiveLifeRx.com. We've helped thousands of people from all over the world to get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym. You don't have to be an elite athlete to get access to what elite athletes take advantage of. We're ready to help you. ActiveLifeRx.com. Apply to be a one-on-one client. And if we're not a perfect fit for you, we will send you where you need to go. We still turn away over 30% of people who reach out because we're not sure we can help them. We're only going to work with you if we know we can get the job done. ActiveLifeRx.com. Back to the show. I think a lot of nutrition feels overwhelming to people. Absolutely. And, I mean, it is to me. And and I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking licensed doctor. Actually, it's not true. I let my license lapse. <laughs> but in general, I, you know, I, I went to more school than most people and their cousin together. I've taken more continuing education than, than I ever had to. And for me, the idea of like creating a new habit, counting it all up, it's just like, oh, do I really want mm-hmm. to do that? How do you help somebody on this call who is... Like, uh, yeah, I, I want to make these changes. There's just so much for me to do. I, I don't even know where to start. I can't start now. Like it's too much. It's the minimal effective dose is the overall answer. But I think number one, we have to explain it's going to take time. So don't commit to two months, commit to six. Give me more time and I'll make it a hell of a lot easier on you. Number two is taking one thing instead of seven and implementing them one thing at a time. And this goes back to that like behavioral change and habits and things like that because it's like cardio. People are like, I want to add cardio for fat loss. I'm going to add, you know, four days of, of low intensity cardio at 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, what if I told you two days of 20 minutes would help? Well, that'd be great. Okay, well, let's just fucking do that. Why would we do four 
days of 30 minutes, if two days of 20 minutes is going to have an effect and you're going to have to adjust at some point anyway. So for those type of people, it's, we literally start with one habit at a time. So you're, we call it a nutrition prescription. This is basically the outline of what you're following. We build that up as you go. So week one, I might say, Hey, we're just tracking. I want you to shoot me an email three times this week and just let me know you're still on point. Check in with me. Let me know if you have questions, just track your food. Week two, like, Hey, you crushed that habit. I want you to add protein in every meal. Here's a list of proteins. There's more to it. If you want to add a different one, just let me know. Just add protein to every meal. Week three, okay, I want you to track your protein. Let me see if you can hit the right amount. And this could be every two weeks, could be every three weeks. It's all dependent on the person, how they're progressing. But we go from eating like shit to being aware of what we're eating to changing towards whole foods to seeing if we're in the right range of protein, which is going to naturally cause you to eat less junk and probably monitor your food a little bit better. Then we might look at calories eventually. Then we might look at carbs and fats. If we even get there, like we'll do one habit at a time. And, and the habit could be taking more fish oil. Like everybody's habit's going to be different. But I always look at it like a mountain, right? The peak of the mountain is your result and you're fully tracking macros and you're very dialed in because that's kind of like as high as we really want to go with how specific your nutrition is. As you climb this mountain towards your result, you're just going to have to do a little bit more work. It's just part of the grind, right? It's part of the climb. Once you get to the top, we're at your macros, we're at your result. We can start going down the hill. And in order to maintain that result, you can slowly stop, start chipping those away. So maybe at the top, you're tracking all your macros, you're looking at nutrient timing, you're working out, you're doing all these things. So we start going down and we start eliminating those. Hey, don't worry about nutrient timing. Just eat when you can. Hey, only track every other day. Hey, just track protein and calories. And we start stripping things away until by the end of it, you intuitively know how to maintain your new weight loss because you've built these habits along the way. And I think that's like people see intuitive eaters that are really lean. A lot of those people, they did track macros. They did train really hard. They did educate themselves. So they spent time building that self-awareness to be able to do that without all the tools and without all the methods and apps and shit like that. The reason I can not track and stay lean is because I've done it for fucking years and I've built self-awareness. And I think we want to teach people how to gain that self-awareness so they can get to that point. I think you make a lot of great points there. I think that when I was talking earlier about me feeling overwhelmed about the idea of jumping into a nutrition calculating and planning habit and endeavor, it feels overwhelming largely because I, I'm not far from where I would like to be and I have a pretty good idea of what I would need to do in order to get there. I know mm -hmm. I'm a little bit low on my protein. I know I'm a little bit low, excuse me, a little bit high on my carbohydrates. And I bet that if I flip my calorie count on those two, I would be much better off. But there's a level of intuitiveness that comes to when I look at a plate, what's on it? And I, there's a lot of people who they're like, oh, I cut carbs. Like, get broccoli on your plate. Yeah, but no mm -hmm. carbs. Like, broccoli's a fucking carb. <laughs> you know, you, and there's no basic level of knowledge there. So mm -hmm. it becomes a a false chase all the time. They don't even know what's going into their mouth. Yeah. And I think that, that that basic education can help people. So you mentioned six months as, as a commitment that somebody should be planning to make. And I actually, I don't know what it's like in the nutrition space, but in our space, I tell people to plan for a year. And the reason for that is, and you tell me if this happens in nutrition too, there's fluctuation where you can expect not to feel awesome all the time where you can expect to have a week where you gained four pounds mm -hmm. from salt and then you went to a birthday party and then you didn't sleep well and then you woke up and you grabbed something to go. And once you get to the place you want to be, at least for us, maybe for you, that's six months. 
Now we got to make sure that you actually know how to keep that yourself. Do you find that to be true too? Yes. I I do think it's a smaller scale for nutrition than getting out of pain just because I think what it takes to get lean is quicker. Um, So there's two scenarios that come to my mind. So like in the nutrition space, there's some companies and coaching brands that they don't even require any commitment. They just take people on. We require a minimum of three months. Like there's no, you just don't work with us unless there's three months. Um, but we do give incentive for six months. That's usually what we recommend. We have a lot of clients, like our average client is usually anywhere between eight to like 14 months, I would say. And the reason is because we plant that seed of a year as well. We don't require a year commitment to work with us. However, we heavily emphasize how important it is because it's the same exact thing. It might take you, if it takes you four months to get there, it's going to take you at least two months to reverse out of there. And it's going to take you another two months to learn how to stay there. So now we're just literally over doubling our time of what it took to get you to your result. Um, So absolutely agree with you. And I think there's a big part of it that's just accountability in general. With nutrition, one of the hardest things one of the hard, the reasons it's so hard to stay consistent for people is because they have no accountability. There's no accountability in your friends and your family and the people who don't really care what you eat. There's no accountability with myself because like you're talking about a plate. Like if I need to choose between carbs and protein intuitively, I want to choose carbs because I enjoy carbs more, Mm -hmm. but naturally my body probably needs more protein. So there is a level of accountability that comes into play there too. But I think it's a learning curve, man. And then the other situation that comes to me, comes to mind is like, if I have somebody that comes to me, like, let's say you come in and you're like, Hey, like I want to gain size. I want to build muscle. Um, I'm ready to, to get jacked, man. I'm like, I don't know, you what, need you're to- tra- I don't know what you're trying to say, but I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> work with me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, what I tell them though, these people, I'm absolutely like, Hey, we need a year. Like, I'm not going to do it unless you commit to a year. And the reason for that is because, uh, building muscle naturally is a snail's pace compared to losing fat. So for me to say, Hey, I'll get you 10 pounds built in six months. Like I can't promise that it's a very slow process. It depends a lot on your hormones, depends on your genetics, especially, um, your training volume. There's so many nuances in it that I'm like, Hey, commit to a year. That'll give you enough time to actually gain good weight and learn what the fuck we're doing in the process to continue doing that for longer. Um, But when it comes to fat loss, I would say it is a little bit shorter scale than what you guys do. However, I do think the longer the better because the education curve is the most important thing. So what do you, what do you think of this topic? I think the entire need for nutrition coaching and even like personal training in gyms is created artificially like when you look at indigenous people in countries where there isn't a modernized western diet and tv and work in an office space people are ripped and they don't have the same amount of back pain that they have here Mm -hmm. and they're living just as long if not longer without the medications that we have here how much of that goes back to just like get your ass off the grid stop paying attention to what everybody else is doing buy your groceries from, you know, Misfits Market and Butcher Box instead of the shopping center near your house. So you can only buy the things that are going to be healthy. Like how much of that is, is the thing? I think that we owe our businesses, like we owe a lot of what we do to that hundred percent. I think the environment and the society we live in, I think has created the problems that I do for a living to, to serve and to fix. Um, 
I think like, I would say like, if that wasn't the case, I would say the only nutrition coaches that would be around would be people working with Olympic level athletes or professional bodybuilders, because you do need coaching to get that extreme, no matter where you are and whatever environment you're in artificially or not. However, for people, just like you said, like average people just to get lean or like what average should be. I read, a, I was reading studies today, 65% of Americans over 20 years old are obese. 65%. That's 100% due to the fact that we live in such a shitty time with so much convenience and accessibility to us to eat whatever the fuck we want, move way less. Like the the more time goes on, the, more, the less we move, the, the, the weaker we get, the shorter we get, the more frail we get because we have robotics and AI. So I'm 100% with you, man. I think it, it's one of the biggest reasons. And, and if you can really, like if you just want to be generally lean and just average healthy, like just minimalize everything you are doing. And I think, I mean, it's essentially paleo, but even a little bit outside of paleo, but just generalize everything you do. Like I get this all the time with uh, entrepreneurs are like, what productivity hacks do you have? And I'm like, I put my fucking phone on do not disturb. Like that's, (laughs) that's it. And I like, I care about what I'm doing. So I just work, man. Like there's no hacks for this. Right. And I think that it's, it's so true, man. Now, like this isn't me saying that like nutrition coaching shouldn't be a thing because obviously I love what I do, but, um, a lot of what I do too is, is lifestyle coaching inside of just simplifying things, man. We get like very general population people that are like, I don't care about being shredded. I don't care about having bigger biceps. It's very much so like, let's simplify everything you're doing and let's do like the obvious work, like those crackers in your pantry that you give your daughter that you tend to snack on too. Those probably aren't the best option. They're probably not going to lead to weight loss. Right. So let's, let's just throw those away. Let's cut those out. Like you said, get butcher box. You don't have to think about it. It just shows up on your door. I'm subscribed to it and I fucking love it. It just shows up on my door and it's a bunch of meat. It's perfect. Eat as much of it as you want, right? Like little things like that, I think can go a long way. Um, and I think if we just eliminate those things, that's like, that's like step one, right? Like if we go back to building the habits, if people can just start with that, like you're going to get halfway there as it is. And then the other half with macros and nutrient timing and all the kind of fancy, sexy stuff that people want to talk about. That's for the advanced individuals who are like, okay, I can almost see my abs and I really want to see them well. Like, what do I do next? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think our entire business is founded because, I mean, is, is, founded is the wrong word. There's, there's a space for us because people are chasing something that is, frankly, artificial. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, the buildup of fitness above and beyond what is necessary for the real world because of the associated body image thoughts and and keeping up with the joneses physically and then they end up breaking down and we help them yeah i i see that all the time so i want to get to a topic that i actually think is going to be fairly controversial and that i'm confident i can get honesty out of you from i'm not confident i can get honesty out of everybody who i talk to in general on this topic i think that there is there's very clearly a healthy movement towards helping men and women feel better about the body that they're in. I also think there is almost kind of like a momentum that's allowing people who are in unhealthy bodies to justify it with being happy with who they are. And I, I, I empathize with those people. I want them to be happy. I'm concerned that they're confusing happy and healthy. What are your thoughts? 
I think nobody has honesty with this because it's such a, it's, it's a touchy subject because you don't want to offend anybody, but coming from somebody who I was overweight, uh, my whole entire life. Um, and that what, that's what motivated me to change. I was never obese, but I was definitely heavy. And then I got the knee injuries in high school and I got heavier. I was at the most unhealthy place I've ever been in. Now, before I really started getting, I never was depressed. I was never like overly self-conscious. I didn't take my shirt off. I didn't go to the pool. Like I avoided those things. So I was definitely self-conscious, but I had a lot of friends. Uh, I dated girls. I had a blast in high school. I was, I was overweight the whole time. I was absolutely happy, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I was healthy. And I think that's like kind of going off what you said. I think it's something that we need to understand because in the same exact mindset, but in the reverse, if you are shredded. So I love the bodybuilding science, right? So I'm going to get shredded for this photo shoot. I enjoy that. It's kind of a weird thing. But when I get that lean, I'm not my healthiest either. I'm too lean, right? I'm, I'm, my testosterone is probably going to be lower. My sex drive is going to be lower. My metabolism is going to be slower because I lowered calories. I'm not going to be my strongest. That's not my healthiest point. So it goes in both ways. But people need, like are okay saying, oh, when you're that shredded, you're not that healthy. Like it's just, it looks good and then come out of it. But I think there's this movement and I don't know, there was like a fat shaming thing that got really big too, which I don't think it's, I'm not trying to pursue that. And I think that's really negative. We should be encouraging these people to get healthy because if we look at every single health marker that we can possibly associate with health, cardiovascular, blood pressure, um, cholesterol, everything, hormones, everything negatively declines as we accumulate body fat every single one of them. They have done the McDonald's study. They've done the Twinkie study. We've had plenty of, if it fits your macros, people lose weight where they're eating shit every day. And you would not think that that's going to promote better blood markers and health. You're not because they're eating Twinkies and McDonald's. However, because they were in a calorie controlled state, they lost weight. So they lost fat and their health improved. Like that is a big sign to us that like, we can't say that that's healthy. Now, what I will say is I respect the fact and I appreciate the fact that people can be mentally happy and confident in any body that they live in. And I think that's very important because a lot of people, I work with a lot of people, um, this happens in the CrossFit space, happens in the bodybuilding space that are leaner than the average individual and they should be happy with where they're at. Can they want to be leaner or strive for more? Absolutely. I'm not here to say that you can't, I'm doing it with the photo shoot. But I'm not going to sit here right now and because I'm not absolutely shredded yet, like say that I'm unhappy or I'm in a bad place. Like I think there's there's that balance. People need to understand like you're leaner than average. You should be happy with that too. Um, so I, I don't know. Like I go back and forth, man. I think, I think I give respect to people that can be heavy and happy because I think it's important to have mental sanity and confidence and that's very hard to achieve. Uh, body image issues is like a really common, it's a big deal. Um, so to be able to not fall victim to that, no matter where you're at is very appreciable. However, I do think there's a problem with being overweight simply because of the health parameters and in your life expectancy, man. Like if you care about somebody, you want to help them lose weight. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to answer that question without being offensive. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and I think you did a, a decent job with it. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you my take and, and I'm interested in your thoughts on that. You know, I, I think that everybody deserves to wake up in the morning and be happy. Look 100%. in the mirror and be happy. I also think everybody deserves to be able to wake up in the morning and be honest and, and say, okay, this, I am happy with who I am. You know, if, if you look, if I took my shirt off right now, I, I don't look the best I've ever looked. And that's okay. I also know that 
people who are who are dealing with some weight issues would be like, go fuck yourself. You're you still have a six pack, you know, so mm-hmm. you don't understand where I'm coming from. And I, and I totally respect that. What I think is for people who are dealing with these body weight images, the, the body image issues, um, it's not about finding happiness in the way you look right now. It's about knowing that you can find happiness in the process that's going to get you healthier. And, you know, I I don't expect people to be like, oh, I look in the mirror and I love myself, even though I'm 30 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds overweight. I understand that there's a burden that comes with that. And I have a ton of respect for the, you know, the, the pursuit of getting healthier. I also understand if you don't want to get healthier, if you want to stay at that weight, fine. I had no issue with it. I just want people to know that when you carry all that extra weight around, if you want to get healthier, if you don't like it, it's okay to love yourself and want to look different at the same time. I agree. And I think something I I wanted to – I didn't say correctly, but I think I I want people to uh, completely separate look and feel. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like really important too. Like, like you said, like when I was overweight, I was still happy because I I loved my life. Um, I didn't have a lot of motivation. I wasn't going in a good path, but I wasn't depressed or sad. And I didn't constantly beat myself down about my body. Now I remember the specific day when I finally objectively looked at myself in the mirror, butt ass naked and was like, I just do not enjoy what I see and I'm ready to make a change. And I think that's what the big difference was. It wasn't like, this has been killing me. It was like, you know what? It's time I make a change. Like I'm done fucking around. I don't like what I see. Also, I sweat way too much. I have no energy. I'm tired early in the day. Like I don't feel good. And I'm, I'm like, this time I was 18 years old. So for me, I was young. I was like, I shouldn't feel this way. But the reality is, is most people shouldn't feel that way. And I think, you know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years where we create changes and they're very resistant. But once they feel a certain way, they're like, I didn't know that this was normal. Like, I've never felt this good and I didn't realize that this is how you're supposed to feel. And I think that's what people should be chasing because anybody who, I don't even want to say loses weight, who, anybody who gets fit, like you are going to feel better and it shouldn't be about what you see in the mirror. It should be about how you feel. And if you chase that process, I think you're going to end up looking better and enjoying what you see as well. Um, but I agree with you, man. I think it's, it's definitely a touchy subject. I just think that if people focused on, weight loss for health and those purposes for health, instead of stubbornly trying to accept everything, I think we'd be better off because it's just, it's just healthier. Like obesity is not good. It's okay to say it. It's the same thing with like, if it fits your macros, like there was this huge movement where people, and it used to piss me off so bad. We would be like, there's no bad food. You can't say that you're demonizing food. And it's like, well, I'm not saying don't eat it, but I'm saying a pop tart is unhealthy. And that's okay for me to say. Like if you have a choice between a Pop-Tart and a sweet potato, a sweet potato is going to give you more nutrients. Therefore, a Pop-Tart is probably not healthy. Like we don't even know what's inside of it. We don't even know how it's made. It's <laughs> NASA doesn't know what's inside it's, of it. It's okay. And you know what? Like every once in a while, I give my daughter a Pop-Tart. I don't care. Like 
she's a kid and she's going to have that. And every once in a while, I'm going to eat ice cream. It's, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but I think like demonizing anything or like, I just think it's all just, it's crazy, man. And everybody gets so offended nowadays and everybody is like so dogmatic and black and white. It's just, we're in a crazy time with nutrition and training and all this stuff. But, um, I am in agreement with you. I think I just wish people would chase health because obesity isn't healthy. And I just, I really just want people to feel, and this is what's been my motive. Now I'm going on a rant, but my motive has always been like, the way I started feeling when I started making changes was so unbelievable that I kept chasing it because I was finally able to, like, I remember being in school, like I, I could never do chin-ups. So I was always that kid that couldn't do any chin-ups. I was always last in the mile. Like I remember all that stuff and now I can run a mile pretty good. Now I can do a bunch of chin-ups. Like those things like stuck with me. And then all of a sudden I started losing weight and girls started paying attention to me more. And I was like, oh shit, there's more to this than just doing chin-ups. I like what I'm feeling. I want other people to feel this way. And it was because I lost weight. So um, I think people's motives are wrong. I don't think hating on people or, or fat shaming or doing those things is going to help anybody make a positive change. I think those things are horribly wrong, but I think we all need to... Uh, to strive for health. I mean, obesity is not healthy, man. Like that, that's at the end of the day. I think the crazy thing about this whole body image situation is that if you go back to like the, uh, I'll probably get the error wrong, but I think it's the 1600s being overweight was thought of as attractive because it meant that you could afford food. Mm -hmm. being, it was luxury. Yeah. Being tan was thought of as unattractive because it means that you had to be outside. It, it's just the time that we're in right now. It's crazy to think about, <laughs> right? It, it, it was, it was, the, it was the total opposite. And I, I have so many friends who I know deserve to feel better about the way that they look and the way that they perform every single day. And I know that they're putting in the work and it's, it's hard. And I know for those of you guys who are listening, I know it's hard. I know that you don't think I can relate because I've never had body weight issues. I have, you know, manhood issues with my businesses in the past, my business in the current, you know, if things aren't going the way you want them to go, it's the same insecurity. It's just mm -hmm. not wrapped around my, my waistline. And it's, it's all a part of a process. As long as you're in a process, if you're, if you're just accepting what it is, then, then, then you're, you're your own worst enemy. I agree. I, I think in, and I want to make it clear too, like, I, I've been there and I've worked with so many people that have been there. So I don't want anything to, that I say to be taken the wrong way, but I am passionate about it because I've worked with so many people that feel so much better when they get to that point. I've been in those shoes and I want other people to understand that too. And I, and I agree with you in the sense that nobody is alone in, in their issue. Like everybody has issues. Everybody has insecurities. It's just different situations, right? But we all have that same feeling. So we can all relate in any type of way because we want to change. And if you're not constantly growing as a person, if you're not constantly changing or moving forward in any one way, like what are you doing? Like that drives me crazy. Like personally, I'm talking about myself personally, like I have to be constantly thinking almost to the point where it's like a negative to be honest with you, because then you get like too many ideas and you say yes to too many things and you want to keep doing more and that can be overwhelming too. It's a gift and a curse. But um, I think everybody should be constantly trying to evolve in every way. And, and the only way you can do that is by chasing that health. I sent a good friend of mine a text message. He His name is Michael Cashew. He actually is married to a D. Cashew. He's the, I think he's the president of Wagnow, working against mm. gravity. And he's phenomenal at making friends. And I text him. I'm like, dude, this, is the, this might sound like a weird text, but how do you make friends? 
Like it literally, I feel like I'm on an island all the time because I have such a hard time relating to people who are not pursuing excellence in something. I don't care if it's your job, if it's being a great father, if it's being a great athlete, if it's being a great business person. It doesn't matter what you're pursuing it in. If you're not into progress, I'm, I find myself totally disinterested. And I, I, I know that you don't have that problem. How do you get over it? And he was like, dude, you got to look for what, what place that person fits in your life. So it sounds to me like you have a very similar, uh, maybe not making friends, but relating to people. No, absolutely. And actually last time we talked, we talked about this exact thing, um, not on your podcast, but it's, it was a good lesson for me. And it's something that I see in myself too. Um, even, even personally, man, I think like for myself, one big lesson, I was asked this, um, I was on a podcast yesterday and he asked me what was the biggest lesson I had in 2019, uh, business while, like from growing the business and building the team and stuff like that. And what I actually said was, uh, allowing myself the, uh, like, I guess, accepting the idea of slowing down every once in a while, like taking a break, slowing down, chilling out, being present, not go, 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 not like constantly starting a new project. And, and I think like it, it's, it's a good thing because it's allowing me to grow in so many areas of my life, but I, it can definitely bite me in the ass and burn you out. And, and I remember us having that conversation and I definitely related to that same thing. And I think it's, it's important for people to hear. And I think everybody has their own thing that they actually give a shit about and nobody's in the right place to, to dictate what that needs to be. You know, like I'm like in my mind, I'm so into bodybuilding and building muscle and all these things and nutrition science. And like, I had to step back and go, that's fucking weird. Like, that's weird. Like I shouldn't like think people should understand me and be like, why wouldn't you want to do this? Like, this is just my lane. And if they're going to come in and accept me, for what I love to do, like I need to accept everybody on their own path and what they're doing and just love them for who they are. And that was a big lesson for me too. So like, I remember us talking about this exact thing, dude. And it was a, it was a good, uh, memory refresher about that whole entire idea. That was on your podcast. Yeah. The boom, boom performance. Show. Yep. Yep. Really good podcast. I got a lot of good feedback on that one. Thanks. So did I. So if you guys haven't listened to it already, head to was it Boom Boom Performance Podcast on, yep. on, on wherever you find podcasts and look for my handsome face and you'll be able to find it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I want I want to get a parting shot from you. Uh, this is the first thing that you would tell anybody who right now they're sitting in their car listening to this. They're like, "Fuck, I really want to make a change, and I really don't know how to do it." And straight up, as much as I would love to work with you, Cody, like I'm not ready to call. I'm not ready to work with the nutrition coach. What do they do today? spend 10 minutes educating yourself and repeat that as where, I mean, obviously I'm going to plug my own site, boomboomforms.com. But I mean, and this is exactly what I did, right? This is what started everything I do. And this is why we have a blog with probably almost a thousand articles. Now we have over 280 something podcasts. We have hundreds of videos. We have a membership site that's dirt cheap that you get all this extra content. We put out free webinars and seminars and newsletters and eBooks. And like, that's why we put out all this information. Cause there's a lot of fucking people out there. There's a lot of people listening to this that aren't ready to make that big of a commitment. They're not ready to pay and they're not ready to do those things, but we're giving you so much free information. And it's not just me. This isn't just me saying I have free information. There's plenty of other content creators that educate for free at a really high level. And I think that's the best thing you can do instead of assuming that you need a coach because they're going to give you all the answers, go find the answers yourself. They're out there. 
I love that answer. That's, I mean, that's, that's really all it is. And if you go search for those answers, you spend 10 minutes a day learning, I guarantee you'll understand macros, training, cardio, supplements, nutrition, sleep, stress, all those things that come into play. You'll understand it all so much better. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. I think that people think that the first step needs to be such a big one. Like I'm going to hire a coach. I'm going to go to a certification course. You can just start on Google. Mm-hmm. You can start at boomboomperformance.com just reading articles, reading blog posts. And what happens is, what I find at least, is as you start to get more educated in a space, you become more inspired to become a part of that space. Yep. And and because it's less intimidating, you know more. You know, it's like it, it, uh, my friend Tony Blauer says, if you go into a fight thinking, what might this person do to me? You're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> If you go in, you know, you see somebody with cauliflower ear and a broken nose and you're like, that guy must be a black belt in jujitsu and a box. Yeah, you're fucked. (laughs) But he's like, maybe that guy plays rugby and got his ass kicked seven times. And that's where he got his cauliflower ear and his, and his broken nose. It's like, if you don't know, but the more information you have, the less scary things are. So I love that answer to just start learning. I, I've had the amount of emails. I get emails all the time with questions, DMs with questions all the time. And the amount of people I purposely have not pitched our coaching to who very well could have benefited from our coaching is astronomical because every time I say, hey, like in my head, I'm like, this person's not ready. Maybe they're not even necessarily not ready, but they don't need to commit yet. I'm like, hey, read this article and listen to this podcast. This is the best thing you can do right now. Let me know when you finish those. Dude, and then I'll give them something else. Hey, download my ebook. It's free. Like do those things. And then- me knowing that I'm in this rest of my life, three months later, the person's going to hit me up and they're going to say, hey, I've lost weight. I've tracked my macros. I've done all this shit because I've been absorbing all your content. I'm ready for that next step. And I'm like, perfect. You're groomed to be the perfect client now and I'm going to help you. Come on board. I, I literally had a guy yesterday who offered, he was ready to pay $2,000 for personal coaching from me. 2000 bucks a month, not 2000 bucks, 2000 a month. And I was like, you know what? I'm not sure if you know what you need coaching in yet. Listen to this podcast first. And I didn't take his money. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But that's, dude, that's a fucking coach. Like that's a coach. That's, <laughs> that's the idea. Yep. Cody, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Tell them one more time. I know we told them at the beginning, where can they find you for more? And I'll tell you guys in advance, Cody puts out legit content. You're one of like five newsletters that don't end up in my spam folder or in my promotions folder because I flagged it as I want to read this because the copy is good. It's interesting. Like you guys want to be listening and following Cody around. So where can they do that? I appreciate that, dude. That means a lot. Um, I I enjoy not going to the spam. Uh, I am, uh, you can find me at boomboomperformance.com. We have a ton of content on the website. We run the Boom Boom Performance podcast that we release podcasts three times a week. We do videos on YouTube and then on Instagram, I'm cody.boomboom, but everything is literally Boom Boom Performance. So if you look that up, you're going to find basically everything and you choose the platform and we're probably on there. You're a monster. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. No problem. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. Sean again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I got a favor to ask you. Head to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to leave us a five-star rating. Also, while you're there, drop a little review. Tell people what you liked about the show. And of course, share it with the three friends who you think would find the most benefit from this episode. Till next time. Turn pro.